This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. Welcome to another board game edition of the MFG cast. This time we are going to go through the alphabet once more. We're going to be talking about the letter I in our collection. We picked Indigo by Reiner Knizia. And oh, you're jumping right Ravens. into it. Yeah, I'm going to tell them holy, exactly what they're holy in moly. for. Holy I was, moly, I was thinking like you were going to be like... Can you think of any games that start with the letter I? Because I is... Not necessarily a unique letter, but maybe there aren't as many I games in someone's collection. That's true. That's we, what I thought you were going to say. But we actually do have a lot of I games. I know. And, I know. And you just went whoop right I over it. I sure did. You didn't even care. Should we talk about a couple of the games that we've been playing recently, or do we want to just go right into it? We can talk about what we've been playing. I think then we should maybe talk about... Some of the other games that begin with an I in our collection, too. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, so recently we've been playing a few games. Yeah. Uh, we brought to the table just the other day Mystery of the Temples by Deep Water Games. It's one of those that I is one of our one of our favorites, I feel like. We haven't actually played this in, gosh, it feels like a while now. Yeah, it's been a while, I think, since we've played this one. I think... We played it several times when we first got it, and then I'm not sure that it hit, has hit our table since. No, no, it feels like, yeah, feels like we went on a spree of like playing this a couple of times, and then we just kind of went off the, the wayside, unfortunately, but still yeah. really fun game to get to the table. Yeah, I really, I like the presence of this game at the table, and it... I could tell it really works my brain mm-hmm. because I'm like, what about this? And what about this? And yeah. like, what are my mood? What's my next move? And Kurt, hurry up and take your turn because <laughs> I'm ready to collect some gems. Yeah. So basically in this game, a uh, curse has befallen the uh, your land or whatever, and you're trying to break the curses in these temples. And you do that by moving your curse breaker around, collecting gems and then meeting patterns at the temples to get victory points, but also you get, like, I think they're called rune cards that give you, like, bonuses. Like, they'll give you, like, extra extra gems or, or crystals or what they're called. Or you can get, like, you can trade in less cubes for certain things. There's a lot of different things about this game. Yeah, there is a lot going on. And then there's a, um, I don't know if, if it's just, is it just the two-player game where you have the, that um, meeple that moves around? Okay. There's yeah. a meeple that moves around in the board. It's not really a board, but on the cards to kind of take up the space to make it a little bit more challenging, I think, in a two-player game also. Mm-hmm. And that moves around counterclockwise as 
each player takes their turn. So you take your turn, the meeple moves to the next space or the next temple card. Yeah, because uh, yeah, if you have the third yeah. third player AI in the two player game, that player is just going around the temple cards where there's those other cards, and I can't remember exactly what those are called, but those help you get more like gems, gems and, and stuff take, like that. Yeah, take more actions. Yep, correct. But yes, there's there's a lot going on in this because, like I said or alluded to, it's not really a board that you're playing with. It's just a card setup that kind of goes in a circular fashion with, between these cards and then the temple cards and then meeples and cubes and like a, a scoring mat. Yeah. And that's that's basically it, but you don't really, you don't need anything else. No, you don't. Besides that, but it's no. a great, it is a great game. It really gets my um, gears moving. Yeah, yeah. It's a, there's a lot of strategy and it looks great too. I love the art. The art is awesome. Yes. What else have we been playing recently? Well, we did have a game night with your oh, family. That is true. Last night. These kind of come far and few um, lately due to everything that's going on. But we did have time to be able to play a few games with Kurt's family. And we played... Click like Lumberjack. And... What else did um, we play? Whitson Wagers. Yeah. Uh, it's Vegas Baby. Yep. And that that game is always a hoot. Yep. And then we stood to tradition, uh, like a traditional game, and we pay, played 500, card yeah. game. Yeah. Um, two forever. <laughs> I thought we were going to have to call it because no one was going to win. Well, we literally were going to call it, and then finally... My dad won the game. Yeah. I did not win. I was in the negative. Yeah. And for those of you who are not familiar with 500, you do not want to be in the negative because you want to score 500 positive points. Yeah. Tracy was stinky. Yeah. I did well at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it just tanked. Yeah. It's just a regular old card game where you're trying to get runs and sets sets are like three eights or three nines or whatever and runs are two three four of the same suit suit you can play off of other people's once you've put down at least one set or run and then there's like you different rules depending upon different people like sometimes you can take the disc you the whole discard pile it, as long as you play the top card some people say like if you you can go through the discard pile pick up a certain amount of it, but you still have to play the card on top, that kind of thing, or on the bottom. It's kind of house but, rules on that. Yeah. Look at the Book of Hoyle, children, if you've never heard of that. Look online. I'm sure it's there. Uh, my parents used to have Book of Hoyle. My, I think my parents did, too. But it was, it was really nice to kind of get back to that type of game because it's been a long time since we brought back more of a I don't know, for lack of a word, traditional. Yeah. More of a traditional standard type game. It's something different mm -hmm. um, that we were able to play with them. Yeah. I think those. that's all we played with them last Hughes night. Hughes and Qs. Oh, Hughes and Qs. Yeah, we played that too. Gosh, that's a great game. Yeah. For those of you who haven't played that, that one's by the OP. Yep. And that one was a game, and I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. Yep. But that is a game that was developed by a 
gentleman, I believe, who I kind of, I think I listened to the story on this, who, I don't know if it was somebody in his family or whatever, and they were colorblind, and he wanted to make a game that was going to be something for anybody who struggled with that type of... Yeah, so colorblind friendly. Is yeah, colorblind friendly. And so it is this game board that is actually quite large, full of different hues or different types of colors. However, the way that it's presented, I think he worked with people that, or doctors or something, that were able to help him establish the different types of colors that could be recognized by people who who had a problem with um, recognizing specific color groups. Yeah. So um, the the board is giant, and it's different versions of red, purples, greens, oranges, you name it, yeah. all over. And players grab a card as a cue giver, and they're allowed to pick one of the four colors that's on a grid. So it could be like H5. So it's kind of like Battleship in regards to that. And that that hue is on H5. And your clue can never be to tell them where the color is because, duh, that that would be, the yeah. game would be over. Yeah. Or you can't tell them, like, it's the exact color. So you can't say, like, green or red or blue or whatever. But you can use other indicators like... They give examples like chartreuse, which I don't know what color chartreuse is. I look it up every <laughs> I time. I don't know what most of these colors are that we talk about. Yeah, I look it up every time and I don't know or don't remember. Yeah. Things like that, but you can't use like the colors, the specific colors from the rainbow. Yep. And then, but you can only use one clue. And then after you've given that clue for the game, no one else can use that clue Yeah. for the rest cool. of the game. I like that. And then it's up for interpretation for the um, for each person to place a player marker on what color they think you're trying to describe with that one word. And then um, you get to go another round and you go counterclockwise and the room goes around and places a player marker based on your next clue or clues and clues or cues, excuse me, cues meaning you could say two words. Or you can still say one word if yep. you can't think of two words. But you can't say, like, lighter or darker or anything like that. But you can give so another hint that might complement the last one that you gave. Yep. And then the players put their markers on there. And then there's, like, this little grid that you place on that battleship-type coordinate. And then that determines the scoring mm -hmm. for um, each of the rounds. And then you go around, depending on the number of players... You can just go around and each person can be a cue giver or, I mean, that's determined by the group of players. Yeah. But it's really fun and we played it last night with his family and we had artists in the group and they appreciated the different colors, and but they struggled with trying to describe them to us because they had different ideas, but then there were jokes along the way and I don't know, it was just... I really like that game. I, I'm glad I saw it and looked into it and figured out why it was made. Yeah. And I think it'd be really interesting to play with somebody who was colorblind mm -hmm. to see how they approached it. Yeah. 
or if they if it was just like the same as the rest of us yeah for sure i uh i know that podcast partner or ex old podcast partner mike boy that was really hard to say um he's colorblind and i actually talked to him about this game and he thought it was an interesting idea so i'd actually like to play it with him just to see you know what he thinks about that and how you know how he proceeds but the one thing i really like about this game is like everybody's opinion about a color no matter how light or dark it is is always different from other people so i feel like it's always like oh well I'll, duh this is what it is and then everyone else is like no that is not the color you think it is you know that kind of thing or like everybody i think they're just the way that they perceive color is way different depending upon people even if you're you know in the same family you know no matter how old or young you are, it's just everybody seems to have a different idea of that. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's just, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Because then when it when it pans out, I think sometimes it's follow the leader mm-hmm. on whoever places their piece first. And other times I'll be like, heck no, I'm not going there. Because mm-hmm. that's totally not what I think it is. Yeah. Well, I, I the one thing that bothers me is like when someone says a thing and I'm like, I have no clue what that is. And I'm like, I have to go first. <laughs> and basically, I'm just like way over here where it's supposed to be, you know, way over on the other side. So, or there's times where it's like, thank God somebody else is going first before what? me. You know, what was it? Yeah. What was there? Wasn't there a clue yesterday where, was it you or was it Ryan who went to the other side of the board? It was Ryan. <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember what the clue was. Yeah, I don't remember either. Was it mine? I don't know. I think it might have been like... Was it the periwinkle Periwinkle or something Yeah, that like was that. my clue. Yeah, his, my clue was periwinkle. Yeah, and he went to like almost he, like a like light pink or yeah, something Yeah, he went like to that. light pink and yeah. everyone else was purpley blue sort of. Yeah. And I still don't know what periwinkle is. <laughs> it's purplish blue. Okay. Yeah. I think. That's what I think. Yeah. But then again, ask somebody else and they yeah. they might say pink, like exactly. Ryan. Yep, for sure. Somebody might say green. No, yeah. that would be weird because periwinkle is not green. Yeah. Hey, you never know. Someone's <laughs> probably just guessing. Like I was. Okay, so that was Hughes and Cues. And that was a really fun night of games, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Good good way to kick off twenty twenty two. Yes. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the subject at hand. Let's talk about the letter I. We actually surprisingly have a lot of games with the letter I, which is crazy. Yeah. I have the list in front of me. Oh, I was just pulling it. <laughs> I was you like, were, you were watching. I was me. watching your phone. I was like, I should have just let you just keep going. And I was like, oh, here hey, we go. I'm going to pull it up too. Because maybe I wanted to read the list. Hey, you could read the list. Go right ahead. I kind of want to. Okay. It seems like you always do it. Yeah, you know what? The less work I have to do, the better. <laughs> good. Good. Let me do the work. Everyone's like, thank goodness. Okay. So, for the letter I, in our collection currently, we have Imhotep. Imhotep, a new dynasty. The expansion for the original Imhotep. Yeah. Imhotep, the duel. Which is, that's just the two-player one. The two-player yep. version of Emotep. Okay. Imperial Settlers. Imperials. I feel like I'm reading them like they're winning re- rewards. I feel like <laughs> I'm reading them like they're winning awards. Yes, yes. Imperial Settlers Amazons. We're going to have a lot of these. Imperial Settlers Atlanteans. 
Imperial settlers. Imagine that. Emper- Empires of the North. Yeah, which is a almost a more uh, smaller version of impar- Im- Imperial settlers, but it's got a little bit more of a twist to it. Imperial settlers. Empires of the North, Japanese islands. Okay. Got a lot of Imperial Settlers expansions. One more. Imperial Settlers. Roll and write. Oh, that's right. I forgot we had that too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Indigo, which we'll be talking about shortly. Mm -hmm. Iron Helm, a one-player game that Kurt is in love with. Love it. Great own games. Yes. Iron Helm. Adventure pack number one. What is that? I can't read it. It's like a little expansion. Like they had a bunch. He had a couple of expansion expansion little packs. Um, He's actually working on one that's going to be coming out uh, pretty soon too, which I'm super excited about because I think it includes like um, helpers. I can't remember what he calls them, but little helpers that help you out during... The game too. So, so that one's called Warren of Despair. Yeah, they all have their own yep. names to them. And then you also have another one that's called Blackened Blackened Burrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Ishtar Garden of Babylon. Yeah, that's a game that we haven't played in a while too. I'd really um, like to get that. Yeah, I think too. we've only played it once. Ugh. Terrible. And that is a beautiful game. Sure is. And we should play it again. Mm-hmm. And then we had a little debate on these two games, or at least this one, because Kurt's like, why is this one under eyes? La Isla. And I said, because I think it stands for the island. Mm-hmm. And that is a great game. Yeah, it doesn't it look great. <laughs> and this is... If we talk about that whole colorblind thing, this one's a little bit tricky when it comes to the colors between, like, gray and tan, even for me. Yep, correct. When we're playing it, but I love this game. Um, The quality is not that stellar, but the play is fantastic. The Isle of Cats. Very great game. Polyamino. Love it. Yep. Isle of Monsters. That is a great game for kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Well... We'll play it, too. You yep. like that game? Yep. It's fun. Um, Islebound. I don't know if I've ever played that game. Actually, I don't think you ever have either. I think it was just... Uh, I think I just played it online with uh, old podcast partner Dan back in the day. Yep. And I wanted to play that with you. We just haven't gotten to it. Mm-hmm. That's a Red Raven game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sure yep. is. I am. It's a wonderful world. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking like I'm going to read something else after this, and I'm not. <laughs> so the end. The end. It's a wonderful world. And goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, holy moly, we have a lot of eye games. We sure do, and most of those are like fantastic games. I mean, really. Yeah. I don't think there. I don't think there's one. Uh, no, there's literally not one on that list that I would say. Yeah, that one's okay. Like I really think all of those are pretty fantastic. Well, and we also tried to take, uh, <laughs> but we also tried to stay up to speed and kind of go through our games mm-hmm. and 
kind of weed out the ones that we're really not as keen on. Yeah. The only one that I may be hesitant on is Islebound, but I've never played it, so I don't know. Yeah. I think if you played it, you'd be you'd be pretty excited about it. I always like the art on um, Red Raven games, though. Yeah, for sure. But we have had a Red Raven game in our collection in the past that we did not like. We didn't. And we won't talk about that. No. Because no one needs to know about that. We we like to try to keep it positive around here. No. Oh, no, I know. I'm just saying. Like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so like... Imperial Settlers and Emotep, those are both great games. Like, uh, I think Imperial Settlers is like one of the games. Like back when we first kind of started the podcast, when we started getting into more of the hobby games, like it's one of those that just every time someone's like, "Ooh, Imperial Settlers," I'm like, "Yes, I'm in. Let's do this." You know, yeah. and we've gotten we have a couple of other iterations like the Roll and Write and the uh, Empires of the North. And I think we kind of went all in on some of those too because we i think we were at a con and we ended up doing a ding and dent we mm-hmm. went to one of the vendors and they were selling some ding and dent games mm-hmm. and we had some fantastic deals on i think that's where we got the the amazon's one mm-hmm. and maybe the atlanteans or something yeah, like that i think so too and it's not it's not like we wouldn't have paid full price for them anyway. You yeah, know? but we saw them there, we and, we saw them like, there and we were like, what? yes, let's yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah, that ooh, was ooh, very cool. Ooh. No, it sounded like I needed to hoo hoo it. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. No, that's good. I like it. But yeah, um, not, and again, I, I know we say, like, okay, we try to go through, we try to weed out some games in our collection and stuff like that, but. I think any of these games, I would like a hundred percent like say, if you if if you think that these games would be fun for you, I guarantee you you'd probably like them. You know, like if you looked at Emotep, if you looked at Iron Helm, if you looked at Isle of Cats, like all of those are just games that like if someone says, oh, what about this game? Get it. I d- yeah. I would just. I mean, right away. With with the caveat that if you're not into polyomino games. Then that's probably not a game for you, the Isle of Cats. Probably not going to be something that maybe you care for. Yeah. Or if you don't want to play or you don't like one-player games, Iron Helm might not be a game for you. Yeah, but I'm. I think I'm saying like, you know, like oh, just in general, no regrets on our icons. Yes, and yeah. and like if people yeah. do the research, they would know like, okay, like Iron Helm is a one-player game, so it's like if I oh, don't yeah. like solo games, I wouldn't be getting it in the first place. That kind of thing. Uh, true. Okay. It was like a big setup for nothing. <laughs> uh, hey, whatever. Hey, I'm all about leaving everyone in suspense. Yeah, you left me in suspense. I know. All right. You should have seen his face. It was great. It was awesome. But let's talk about why. why what are we here for? Why, yes, thank you. I couldn't get it out, so I'm what, glad what, you did. What, what are we here for? What? <laughs> uh, so we're going to be talking about Indigo. By Ravensburger, Ravensburger, however you say it. I still, literally, it's one of those things where everybody says it's different. Everybody says it's different. Everybody says Would you like me to do all the talking? No, because literally, when you were talking about, I forget what you were talking about, but you, you, what was the last game? No, no, no. What's the last game we were talking about with the now playing? The uh, Hughes and Cues, you said it was a game. And I was like, what, did it die? Did it pass away? I was like, I wasn't going to pick on you. When Why you did I see that? Me. I don't know. <laughs> so I was like, what? It was it a was game. A g- <laughs> did 
And now it is not. Oh. It is oh. a bird that flew away. No. Um, uh, Indigo is two to four players, ages eight to 99, created by Reiner Knizia. The tagline is, Indigo is a deep shade of blue obtained from the Indian indigo plant since ancient times. Its deep hue is a symbol of eternity and immortality. The color, color, I love when it, they have a U in color. The color. It's fancy. Ha- yes, it is. It's European. The color has a soothing effect and provides a clear head, which is exactly what players need during the game as they search for the most precious gems. So, Kurt was dying to be able to read an overview. Yes. It's been a while since he read something so intriguing. I haven't, re- I haven't done Woo! my dramatic reading voice for a while. I felt like I was getting rusty. And he hasn't been able to say Kalur. Yes, that's right. So the object of the game is basically you're trying to get the most precious gems through pathways on the board using tiles. Yes, and the pathways remind me a lot of, like, Suro. Yeah. With the directions and, like, the different... um, Because each... Like, each tile doesn't have the same path. It does not. On it. It it has potential to have identical tiles. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, obviously you can't have all different ones. But yeah. it that piece of it really reminds me of Suro in regards to, like, moving the stones on Suro. Mm-hmm. Where you're moving the gems. For sure. Through indigo. Yeah. But each of the gems you're moving are different values. So you want to get them to your area. Yeah. So what are the values of the gems? Um, there's amber gems, which are placed all along the outer ed- outer. <laughs> there's, there's amber colored or yellow colored gems along the outer edge of the game board. And those are worth one point. And then in the center of the board are five emerald colored gems. And those surround the indigo blue colored gem. And that one can't move until all of the emerald gems that are around it move out of that space first. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you the value. <laughs> I was like, that's the whole question I asked you. I'm sorry, I, but I did a really good job talking about you that. You sure did. Em, the emerald gems are worth, if you get them to your space, they're worth two points. And the indigo blue gem is worth three points. That's right. And... You once you collect the gems, you put them behind like a your shield or your tent screen. or your screen or mm-hmm. your in your pocket, mm-hmm. <laughs> wherever you want to put them, so that no one knows who's winning along the way. That's true. And uh, depending upon the player count, you have these uh, color tokens in your color. There's uh, six of them. You're gonna put those around the board. Uh, we play two player games. So we actually put, so each uh, side of the board basically has two spots for each little little token or whatever. In a three or three or four player game, you'd kind of mix those up to, and put them depending upon player count. And for a two player game, you're putting two on one side and then you're rotating, rotating? Uh, it kind of, yeah, it kind of goes back and forth. So like I was... Um, my tokens were white and curse were red, so they just they. What is that word? Yeah. Not, you can't put they them. They kind of went back and forth, so yeah, you can't put them it was on white, red, sides. white, red, white. Yeah. They went back and back and forth. That? That kind of, yeah, I don't know. Why can't we can't think of words? <laughs> but 
But like in a three-player game, I think um, they have a chart in the instructions, but it it's like one side would be one player, one side would be another player, then they would co-mingle, and then it would, it would kind of go around like that, but they show you how to place them. Um, what also happens is once you place a like a tile, you um, if you place it next to a token, or do they call them tokens? No. Once you place them next to a gem, the gem has to move. <laughs> yep. Um, whatever direction on that space. Yeah. If it meets the route that the gem is on, yeah. then you move those. But there's no like tile placement rules. Otherwise, like you don't have to place a tile next to another tile. Like you could place a tile wherever you want. Uh, actually, that is not true. There is actually a rule in it that if if one of the tiles connects uh, one, uh, one, oh gosh, what is it's that It's the very end where you can't go like this, right? Yeah, you can't, oh, yeah, that's you can't only, like. Okay, yeah. so they don't know because they can't hear or they can't see me. <laughs> but I I meant more, okay, so we'll explain what we what I was doing visually that Kirk could see that you guys can't. Um, the only tile placement you can't do is there's a tile where it has like a little half circle mm-hmm. and you can't place that where like a gem starts at the very beginning and comes right off into your territory and you collect it right away mm-hmm. so it can't it can't start in one spot and go whoop and come right back off it's basically you can't have that little half circle block two exits is what it is yeah but where i was referring to is yes. placement like You know how in some games you have to place to something adjacent or whatever that's already been placed? Yep. In this one, you it's fair game otherwise, wherever you want to place a tile. It's just what is on that one tile where you can't block two exits that you can't do. But otherwise, like you can you could I could say, I'm gonna place over by this spot closest to me right now, but my next turn I'm gonna go across the game board. Or I'm going to place, and I'm not even going to move a gem this time because I'm going to set myself up for next time. Yeah. But you do have to, if you place where a gem can move, the gem has to move. If it moves two gems and they crash, they both go out of the game. Yeah. That's like, that reminds me of Suro because if the um, two, like, stones or whatever meet or cross paths... Then those guys crash. Yeah, and they're out of the game. And the reason, the one of the things that this is a little different in ways is even in this, uh, when you're placing these tiles, you have to kind of look at the tile itself because some paths they do meet and they'll hit, but some of them they kind of go underneath or on top of. So like these, some gems would actually miss each other and mm-hmm. then go in different directions. Yeah. So, so you're basically playing until the entire board is full of, well, it wouldn't be full of tiles, but until all the gems are gone. Mm-hmm. And then you reveal all of your gems from behind your screen. Yes. To find out who has the most points yep. based on the point values. Yep. And one little difference between the two player game and the three and four player game is in the two player game, wherever the path goes and meets that one side, that one player's color is going to get it. Where in a, two, a three oh, or yes. four player game, um, there's going to be shared sides. So like, like say like me and Tracy had a red and a white on one side, and then there was like a green and a blue. I'm sorry, I don't remember the, all the colors. I think it's, uh, oh, it's purple and like a light blue. And like if one of them were to go to like Tracy's exit, 
if I share that side with her, I, I also get a copy of that gem from the bank, basically, or the, like, gem area that's off to the side. So if you scored that one one yellow amber, I would also get that yellow amber because I'm on the same side as you. So you have to be careful that you're not that you're getting the points enough for you, but you also don't want to give someone else that's sharing a spot with you too many so then they win the game also. And I think there's some sides in higher count games too that you may be the only one on that side. I can't remember. No, I don't think so. I think you're always... Except for the oh. two-player game, I think you're always sharing, if I'm not so mistaken. So you might want to structure it so that you have you have it figured out. So that might be kind of tricky. Oh, no. You are correct, actually. There are... I thought I saw yep, that. Yeah, you are correct, actually. There, there are points where you could have just one side by yourself. But then, but then what's nice about this, too, like even for a two-player game, is that you have the option of being able to start at the beginning of the game and you can decide um, when you're playing the game if you want to start with one tile that you can just have to play down on the board or if you want the option to have kind of play a variation where you can look at two tiles and then choose between them. Yeah. And then redraw again after you place. Mm-hmm down your tile so that's really cool we i don't know i shouldn't say we i prefer the i like the two tile option i do too it gives you more options where the one is just kind of like you still can you still have options on the board but maybe you have less things to kind of work with depending upon where those gems are kind of placed so well and it, it was it's interesting because even with the two tile option i ended up with tiles that were identical so then i'd be like Okay, it's like I'm playing with one tile, but that's okay. Like it, it, it'll work out, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the kind of the game in a nutshell. It, it's really like easy to learn, mm-hmm. and it's a lot. I think it's a lot harder to play than people would think because you have to keep track of where the paths are going. You have to kind of make sure that you, when you lay a tile, you're not kind of screwing yourself for later turns. Um, you can, like Tracy said, it doesn't matter where you put a tile on the board. Like you just put one and then just and then move the gems accordingly. Like you could even put one where it's it's not even by anything at one point, but eventually it might help you in the end. I don't, yeah, and I don't know if I'd want to do that because I kind of like to see what happens because. And maybe potentially use that later, but it can get pretty tricky and you can really manipulate somebody else's move. They feel like they're set up for being able to put a tile down the next time and get that gem. And then somebody sweeps in. Kurt did it to me. I did it to him. Like all of a sudden we put a tile there and the gem completely moves to the other person's area. And then we're like, what? Yeah. For a very like beautiful serene game it can get kind of a high and like oh i got rid of these two gems you can't have them or it's going on this path to get to my area and not yours it can get kind of cutthroaty at times mm-hmm. it's also interesting because it games in general always kind of baffle me because i'm always intrigued by end game scoring mm-hmm. and how i always feel like it didn't do good enough if a game doesn't even score maybe 10 points, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, like, when we scored on this one, we 
I mean, neither one of us scored 10 points. Nope. But we both crashed gems into other gems, each of us. Yep. And I think, what, I scored You scored seven, seven and, and I you scored, scored five. five. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. low. So for a total of 12 points <laughs> for both of us combined. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, it baffles me that, I mean, but it, it makes sense because the gems aren't valued at very much. No. Well, and I was telling you before when we were actually playing, like, I would love to see this in three or four player because then you're probably scoring even less. No, because you're collecting. Oh, that's right, because you're no. collecting some when someone meets it on your side, I suppose. Unless you're manipulating and trying to smash them and yeah. um, cancel them out and stuff like that. But we have played this in more than a two player. But That's it right. was when we first got it, which we've had this game for quite some time. I don't even remember. I feel like we played this online, too. Um, I don't remember that, but I remember playing this with Logan. Oh, okay. And But I don't remember what the scoring was, because, no. I mean, it's been years. Yeah. But um, it just adds a whole different element as a like a three- or four-player game when you actually can add your points or give gems, excuse me, to other players. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and it just goes to show you, like, a game like this, it's it's an old game. It's 2012 that this game came out, and uh, just goes to show you that it doesn't matter, you know, if it's the new hotness or not, you know. The games can outlast a lot of other stuff that's, you know, been around not even that long, or games that were a hotness, like, even a year ago all of a sudden aren't, played as much and this one is one of those that you hear if someone says indigo and somebody has played they're like oh i really like that game that's a really fun one you know yeah yeah and i think when we got it we just bought it on a whim yeah because to be honest with you i didn't know that this was a game by reiner canizia mm-hmm. until we were researching this game to do for this episode yeah and then i went Man, that guy does a lot of different games. He sure does. Like, just, you know, then it, I, yeah. yeah. I just, he baffles me. Yeah. Like, can, can imagine a, what his brain is like. Oh, I'm sure it's ridiculous. And that's another, probably another episode that we could do is talking about Mr. Reiner Kinesia and his stuff if we haven't done that already. Or we can just do an updated version of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that would be good. For sure. So that's Indigo in a nutshell with some other iGames and some now playing. Thank you all very much for listening. And until next time, I'm Kurt. And I'm Tracy. And this was the MFG Cast. Bye, everyone. Bye. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.